Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. I'm your director, Christian Buckley. Joining me as always is my co-host, the Apex Predator, maybe freshly tanned from the Sunshine State, we have Jack Martin. Uh, bold, Excelsior Christian, bold of you to assume that I'm tan and not red like strawberry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I was originally very red. Uh, has turned maybe somewhat into a tan. I'll let you be the judge of that later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another recording separately. Um, but yeah, I had a great little time down in Florida. Got to see my Boston Red Sox play at Fenway South at JetBlue Park. It was a grand old time. I enjoyed it. Drank Bahama Mamas on the beach. It was fantastic. That sounds fantastic, honestly, because you lucked out because back up here in Massachusetts, it got a real, real cold after like things were warming up for a little bit. So you got to escape. It's nice. Yeah, I came back and it was like 20 degrees. Yeah. And we had like a good stretch of like 50, 60 degree weather mm-hmm. uh, in the past couple of weeks. Um, and I think we're getting back there soon. But yeah, it was not not a great return. Mm-hmm. And it, I usually go... To, when i go to florida which is rare but when i do it's like in the like february march window and anytime you return to massachusetts the weather is completely different when you return and it's like oh this is awful uh yeah so yeah another another one of the books for that yeah well you're also returning to this wonderful wonderful game that we all put up with and we're gonna get to what's going on with marvel's avengers this week in addition to reviewing episode one of Moon Knight in the back half of the show, so stay tuned for that. But why don't we just get back into the swing of things, see what's up with the game, because there are some things going on right now. It's a big story with the game. Not necessarily good, but something happened that we'll get to. <laughs> uh, first up, Fury's Report, update updates. Uh, double resources are running in the game right now. Uh, You can keep on farming materials up until April 4th. And the Ruskaya Protocols, Jack, they're back. Mm. Yes, this is my favorite thing in the game. So much so that I'm so excited about it. I can't even tell you what it's about. Oh, yeah. Just blinded by the hype, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Overcome with joy. I cannot even, can't even, I don't have the words to describe the Ruskaya Protocols. So this is a bit of a slapdash uh, run of show today, right? And I, I looked at the blog and I saw Ruskaya Protocols and I just, I had like whiplash when I read that. <laughs> I was like, that's well, old. <laughs> yes, that's well, not honestly, new. We were probably talking about that this time last year, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a little bit later, because I think those were like the prelude to the Harm Room uh, the Red Room takeover, mm-hmm. and I think that was around May because Black Widow was supposed to come out. So I think like in the April time frame, through Sky protocols were going on. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what they were back then, and I still don't. They're like little objective thingies, similar to the Spider Man uh, objective, and you get stuff in different places yeah. in the game, and that's the extent of my description for the Sky protocols. I was I thought you were gonna say that was your extent of the description of this game. And I was gonna be like, Yeah, you're right. You you go I places mean, you get things. Yeah. I I mean that could be if you're trying to like write something about a video game, you start with that and then you cut and it's like you come back to it later and mm-hmm. you edit that out. But that's a good starting point. You mm-hmm. go places and you do things. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to uh, doing things than going places like an Uncharted, yes. you know? Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, well, there's also some things added to the game in the marketplace. Uh, we did not record an episode last week. I don't think there was anything notable on the marketplace front outside of the Infinity War Spider-Man that we, I think, discussed the week prior showing up in the shop. Uh, it's still there for PlayStation players, but on every front, we have a new MCU suit, Jack. They're back. Yeah, this is the Thor The Dark World suit. Um, gotta be honest, I really like this one, mm-hmm. despite the movie being bad. The cape is magnificent. Uh, one thing I'll say about Thor, I got his Ragnarok suit, because it was half off, so I copped it. Um saddened a little bit about the cape in that one because it's like kind of half a cape mm. and this is like full cape mm-hmm. so i mean you're you're looking at the characters from behind like 90 percent of the time so this has got a great cape to it yeah i honestly i would have instantly got this if it was like the casual asgard setup that he's got in that movie where he's like he has like the the, the navy blue green cloak that he's walking around in when he's like oh, yeah chilling with his dad on the lawn you know (laughs) yeah mm -hmm. that's that's a cool look too and yeah i think this is good right the mcu suits even if they are similar to designs that are already in the game they have a really higher level of quality to them in terms of the detail and this is one of those so are you picking this one up uh maybe for a half off situation i will say though it's it's cool that since last summer they have been like full bore with the mcu skins yeah and have not stopped since so pretty good that they uh are getting these out pretty quickly yeah pretty regularly too for sure that's nice and something we didn't get to talk about was over the last week as well they did have a 50 percent off mcu skin sale which surprised me when i heard about it because i don't think we've seen the mcu suits discounted except for weird exceptions of like the bundles or that guardians promo but yeah that really surprised me when i heard about that last week yeah, that's that's pretty much the reason. The only reason I hopped into play uh, between our recordings is to get the Thor Ragnarok suit and like dip out. I didn't even play. I just got it, walked around a little bit, and then I was out. For sure, for sure. Well, the other important update update. There was a big patch that we learned we were going to be getting the last time we recorded. I think we talked about a patch two point three. On our off week, they came out saying, hey, we need more time. We're pushing it a little more. And it dropped earlier this week. There's a few things that I'll list briefly that the patch actually fixed. And then we can get to the larger conversation around the patch. Mm -hmm. So the war table got reworked with an easier onboarding process, easier for new players. And I'm reading off the Avengers blog, not the war table blog, but a separate post about the patch. They've updated mission chains. Nick Fury is in the game. He's helping to guide players through these chains. Uh, For new player experience, they've changed power levels of specific content, created a new mission chain to get people through the Avengers Initiative, introducing a variety of mission types, which I think is a good move, uh, just to get people used to the different types of missions there are at a good rate of challenge escalation. Uh, Updated missions on the war table, in terms of the frequency of things, the customization of difficulty, uh, updated faction placement, 
and just ease of access to all those things. And some updates to matchmaking as well. The new features in the patch are checkpoints for the discordant raid, which allows you to be rewarded with gear at each individual checkpoint uh, in instead of just having to blitz it to the end if you want to get a reward. And a few other things about things we talked about before, like tying gear drops for the Mega Hive to Hero rather than per account. So it's a lot of things that have been being built up for a while. However, what happened when you logged in to see the new experience of this game, Jack? I heard Nick Fury guiding me through some little intros to the harm room and the war table. And then my game crashed like multiple times, which is very sad. Um, this game can't catch a break. <laughs> Anytime it does something good, something bad happens. And uh, this is an example of that. I tried like, I want to say two times. I think it was last night, maybe a couple nights ago, to log in, see the changes. Because uh, for me, this seemed more, the most important stuff for this was reworking of the war table and just making things a lot more simpler to find and mm -hmm. missions and that's something that has been an issue for me um and this seemed like it was a really great change uh, unfortunately before the recording i was not able to see that uh couldn't get into the game um and i'd like to read a tweet <laughs> that marvel's vendors tweeted uh this is like after they this is like the second in a thread after they uh realized that there was an issue that was ongoing Eventually, this, according to Marvel's vendors, has been fixed. But last night, they tweeted, In the meantime, here's a workaround that is resolving the issue for some players. Just note that it will reset your campaign progress. I don't need to read the next tweet. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Why would you ever... You, you, like, have to go in and, like, reset your campaign progress and, like, quit out immediately and then jump in and then you can play the Avengers Initiative. That is not a good workaround that is a workaround but i would not even tweet about that especially considering they fixed it that like the next day mm -hmm. um that's not a good workaround i think it would have been better to say hey look we know this is an issue just don't play the game for a day or two and then hopefully things will be better uh and they, they and they were it was just a little silly to see that on the timeline yeah man <laughs> like i i'm i'm baffled by that just because like how many people are trying to get in that you have to provide something that dire of a solution? You know, like I can't imagine you have that many people chomping at the bit to get into the servers on PS5 is where you're playing, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. And it seems like PS5 is the one that was having the most issues with this, right? It, I, it didn't seem like it was wide scale for Xbox players and PC players. From my knowledge, it is just PS5 players have this problem, right? Yeah, all five of us were encountering this issue. Yeah. So that's just so wild. When I saw that, I just I just chuckled. Because, <laughs> like, I, I, it's clear. I, we're close to probably 100 episodes. Most of that is talking about this game. We love things about Marvel's Avengers. I really enjoyed this game. I'm not playing it right now. Why would I no. go, like, twist my arm? to make me not play it for another day like that's just the, the wildest thing i've ever seen a big like publisher developer of a game tweet out as a solution that's nuts yeah uh and, and this is just another example of i hate to say it, but they they do a lot of this stuff where 
these sorts of patches, which don't introduce new content, is kind of viewed to them as new content, um, even though it's just like sort of cosmetic changes to the war table, which are good. Um, and the, I think the really great checkpointing systems for mm-hmm. uh, the raid in terms of like giving you um, gear, I think that's fantastic. Um, I think they kind of made a bigger deal of this than maybe they should have, and it just brought more negative attention to the game, which is sorely unneeded Yeah. at this point. Um, and seeing that was just... You're you're kind of right. All you could really do is laugh at that point. I'm just like, well, here they go again. Yeah, and it's like this this patch got delayed, right? So, I did they not know that it was gonna have problems like this on PS5? Because at that point, like, just delay it again. I know it's not the best look, but releasing it right now probably isn't the best look either. Like, I'm sure this new player onboarding process would have been awesome for the Game Pass launch when you have so many people diving in to check it out for the first time right so like the timing isn't opportune anyway just push it until it's fixed out because clearly i don't know what their staff was like like if they were crunching on this or anything but they got the problem solved very quickly so if it they needed just another couple days i'm sure we could have lived you know um so and like we don't make games we don't know the ins and outs of it but like I don't know if anybody needed this right when we got it, you know? Like, I I think the community's been coasting off of Spider-Man and the raid since it launched. So, yeah, strange. You already delayed it once. Maybe delaying it twice only by a week each time is a bad look. Worse for optics, I don't know. But, yeah, it's rough because... I will say, like, having good player onboarding for new players is so important for a game like this because even what I think is the gold standard to a live service game, Destiny, Destiny's new player onboarding sucks. It's awful. Every time I want to try and get a friend into Destiny, I, as a veteran player, am prepared to be a source of answers, assistance, and guidance and co-op with whoever I'm trying to convince through the first like new player quest because it's not good. And I don't know if I've ever seen a live service game nail new player onboarding so far after launch. Because we're, we're what, like 19 months post Avengers launching at this point? So I'm excited to see what their solution is because I do think introducing Nick Fury and having more direct guidance and a new quest line can be really good because I don't think there's anything in Avengers in the initiative that would be confusing for anybody. So giving it a structure sounds like a perfect recipe for success, right? And if it's if it's fixed now and it's able to do that, I'm going to check it out and see what it's like, hopefully before next recording. But like, it's already a hard thing to do. So I'm glad it's in there. It's just, I, I'm just tired. I'm surprised, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it seems kind of like un- maybe unnecessary for them to release it at this time, especially for the bugs that were associated with it. Like this would have made more sense if this was like a month before like Black Panther or like an upcoming expansion or even like a new player or new character rather. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know what's next for this game, so 
I mean, there could be, this could be, and it probably is in preparation for something, but we just don't know what yet. So it seemed kind of weird for this. Like what you said, like they, they could have delayed it. I'm sure they knew that there was mm-hmm. probably going to be an issue associated with it. Um, I mean, they could have been surprised by it, but it, it seems like devs probably have a good handle on things like that. Yeah. So it was a little strange that this just kind of came out and there was an issue and it seemed like there was a patch for the patch. Very. Yeah. And like, I, I don't want to downplay the the positives out of this, right? Because I, I looked through the notes for the patch and I didn't even read through everything. It's a pretty extensive list of fixes and everything. And at the bottom, there are issues they're aware of that are probably on the road to being patched as well. But a lot of the changes that they've implemented and detailed in the patch notes are really good. And like I was saying with the Destiny comparison, having new player onboarding for a game that is looking to be a service and extend long into the future, you need that. You really, really need good player onboarding. So the fact that this was something they implemented is great and worthy of praise and applause because it's it's marvel's avengers you know it's such a huge name and an ip that even despite the i guess aura the game has around it at times and for the majority of its life you're gonna get new people regardless just because of the name if it's cheap in a sale if they see it if their friends are playing it and they feel like playing a game with their friends odds are new people will still pick this up Right. So, yeah, the patch put a, a downer on things, but or sorry, the, the crashes put a downer on things. But the patch, I think, is a net positive. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, anytime there's a step back, step forward for this game, there's like two steps back <laughs> in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because we, re- we really like this game, but there's just a lot of negativity towards it. And um Greg Miller and Tim Geddes were talking about it on Kind of Funny Games Daily today, and uh, yeah, it was just a lot of a lot more negativity focused toward it, and that's something Tim was pointing out. It's like there's just always there's never like anything overly positive about this game. It's just there's always some detractor associated with what's going on, um, and it's sad. I think the game definitely deserves it in a lot of ways, but there's a lot to like about this game, and uh, it's just a little sad. Yeah, so I I do want to throw this thing in here before we move on from Avengers, right? Because there is something that caught my eye over the last few days. Uh, I'm going to try my best. I am not an Italian. I don't have any uh, an ounce of Italian blood in me, but Giacomo Gignotti, the voice actor for Hawkeye in this game, mm did post a video of him in the booth and he captioned it something to the effect of like just finished recording lines for hawkeye avengers game fans y'all are great look forward to it it's gonna be real cool so despite everything that our brains have thought of they're actively working on new content story-wise at least so yeah the patch maybe would have made more sense tied to a specific thing but if they got it ready it will be useful when they drop new content you know so silver lining i guess 
definitely in, in preparation for something. We just don't know what. Uh, and Christian, it's March 31st as we're recording this, and people will be hearing this in April. Mm-hmm. We've said, don't hear anything by the end of March. Start ringing the alarm bells. I think that's like kind of still true. I have a feeling we're going to hear something very soon, but it's been three months. Yeah. <laughs> been three months of relative silence about any new content. And for a live service game that this game is supposed to be, it, that is very unfortunate. Yeah, like, I I think where I'm at also with that barometer that we've talked about is like the end of March being the thing. While we didn't get a roadmap, and the news we have is mostly bad right now, despite the core of it being good, I, I do think that we can probably delay the alarm a little bit longer because this is a beefy patch, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was delayed to the end of March, right? So I imagine there's a world where it launched when it was supposed to launch a couple weeks ago, and then maybe the week after or two weeks after we would have gotten, here's what the future content is. So maybe next week we get a roadmap, maybe the week after we get a roadmap, but is it fair to say if at the end of April we hear nothing, then, <laughs> then you, you ring the bell? Yeah, we're just pushing the uh, the goalposts a little bit further back each time. Reset but, the uh, clock. Yeah. Honestly, though, I kind of feel like we won't even get a roadmap, and we'll just get announcements here and there. I don't know. I, I can't really hold out for a roadmap anymore. Like, hey, in a couple weeks we'll get She-Hulk. And then, hey, big announcement at E3, we're going to have a new expansion. Like yeah. I don't even think I don't even think we'll get a roadmap at this point. Unfortunately, I feel like that is probably correct, but yeah, we'll see what happens. We we'll, we got some events coming up, so. Oh boy. Oh wait, E3 is not even happening. <laughs> I just realized. Yeah, I just remember that also after we said that. Summer Games Fest. Whatever Square Square Enix. Now they did they did something at E3. I don't even know. Who knows in this in this world of ours? We can't even have an E three anymore. Very sad. Yeah, you know. Well, we're fostering a relationship between Crystal Dynamics and Xbox with that Perfect mm. Dark stuff, mm-hmm. and Avengers is on Game Pass, and it feels to me kind of like they've left PlayStation in the dirt um, after the Spider Man thing shipped because it seems like outside of the skins, there's really no marketing done on the PlayStation side, like. Most of the brand-related tweets I see about Avengers are Game Pass-related because I also saw Avengers promoted on a Game Pass tweet because now, up until the end of May, I think, Game Pass Ultimate members can claim up to three... or Sorry, no, just in full, three months of Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, that's cool. Um, We don't get this if... Or you don't get this have a marvel unlimited uh account mm-hmm. so make sure if you want this make a new account mm-hmm. a different email uh but that's fun i remember using marvel unlimited for our comic book discussions years ago at this point a decade ago mm-hmm. two decades ago yeah. uh on the first round of excelsior so it's a good service there's a lot on there i think people have said it has gotten better uh like they have they keep up with some of the new stuff pretty well and they have a pretty extensive library of old comics um so i definitely check this out i did i think i read spider-man blue i did the civil war runs 
um, Back in Black for Spider-Man. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff on there. So, um, yeah, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, check it out. Yeah, I absolutely did this. I scooped it up because I've never used it before. I think I had a trial with a copy of Spider-Man. I think they gave me a month with that, like the game. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I scooped the three months, and I have read six issues of Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run, which I started a while ago and then just fell off because it's hard for me to keep up with comics. Um, but, yeah, that's a really, really good run of Daredevil, and Chip Zdarsky just got put on Batman also, which is going to be really oh, cool. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you are claiming this, Maybe you're going to be reading Moon Knight. Get some get some mm. stuff on there. Moon Knight was front and center when I downloaded the app because, of course, brand synergy, you know. But, yeah, great service. Providing another great service. And like you said, I think people have, like, long-standing subscribers of Marvel Unlimited have mentioned that it's gotten better. And I think the most recent issues they have are from three months ago. So I think before it was like on a six month delay for new stuff. Now it's only three. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, it's a really good app. Like I, I read these on my phone mm-hmm. and it was fine with me. I'm sure I think you mentioned you have a like one of the comic Kindle. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I have a Kindle Kindle Fire HD something. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so I bet that looks fantastic uh, on that. So this is a this is a really good app. I enjoy it. Um, I have nothing really that I really want to read for Marvel at the moment, but I should probably make a new account and scoop that up. Yeah, because who's to say? You might get really bit by this Moon Knight bug and want to see more about the, uh, the life of Mark Spector, you know? Yeah, it's very possible. Or... You might want to read up on Morbius, the Marvel legend. That's okay. That's certainly okay. So, Morbius sucks. I haven't seen it, but it sucks, right? That's that's the sentiment. Yeah, there. Of course, this is not a surprise. Jared Leto's in it, after all, um, and it just looked horrendous. This is like the one of the only trailers. My girlfriend and I were seeing the Batman and the Morbius trailer came and went through and she turned to me and she was like, you're not taking me to see that. Like, <laughs> if you go see that, I'm not going. Um, and I got to be honest, I don't know if I'm going to see this in theaters. I already <laughs> watched videos about the post credit scenes in this movie because I'm like, I don't care enough to see the movie. I just want to know. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to see this in the theaters. If it, this was day one digital, I would see it day one. Uh, but it's not. I don't want to get up. I don't want to leave the movie theater depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more so than I think from the Venom movies. I don't want that feeling. I don't need it. I'm, I'm probably not going to see it. Yeah. I, as a staunch defender and lover of the Venom films... And somebody who is looking forward to Madam Web and a couple other potential Sony projects, I I really do not have the willpower. I don't think like I might see it because I'm bored this weekend. I don't know. Like I 
I'm curious, I think. I'm curious to see just how bad it is. Because I, I do have that sort of morbid curiosity where it's well, like a 17 on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah. It's like, that's honestly even worse than I was expecting it. I was expecting like 40s and 50s, but that's bad. Yeah, like if it was 40s and 50% though, I'd be like, okay, because that, that's like meh, you know? It's like, yeah. it's, like yeah, it's, it's whatever. This is like, this is offensive. This is what people <laughs> are saying. Like this thing like messed me up. This this ruined my day. Yeah. I need that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you let me know. I would be very curious to see if if you go and see this. Um, I was planning on seeing this, really. I was. But I don't know. I feel like I'd be very dejected coming out of this movie. And I've seen a lot of people say this. I don't want to support Sony <laughs> sure. with my money. Because, like people have said, like, oh, I don't, I don't want Sony to get the idea that I liked this. Because if you're spending money on something movie studios are just like oh yeah they liked it they went out to see it and they liked it i don't i don't want them getting that idea in their heads um i also just don't like jared leto go away that's my opinion yeah i i i can't add add anything to that i can just agree (laughs) so enjoy morbius i guess i do you think we're gonna get a morbius too that's my big question do you think this is gonna do well at the box office because there is some weird cult around this film maybe it's jared leto's cult i don't know there's like some weird energy around this movie even before the like the previews came out like some people were genuinely excited for this like some of the big influencers on my tiktok that i pop up as like marvel creators were like Morbius is going to be fun. It's going to be this and that. And then once the previews came out, they were like, oh, uh, yeah, this is th- th- uh, never mind. So, like, what do you think it's going to do, like, box office wise? Like, a shred of Venom at all? Like, Venom, I feel like, is. This still an appeal to Venom, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think this does. I don't think this does, like, horrendously. Yeah, I feel like for Venom, there was an attachment to the character before those movies came out. Um, And there, like, kind of is for Morbius, but not for the general movie-going audience. For, like, comic book nerds, sure. But I feel like the word of of mouth about this movie is really bad. Mm -hmm. And there really isn't that general sense from from a general movie-going audience that that's a character that they want to see on screen. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I don't think this does very well. I, I don't think it does poorly. Like, I don't think this doesn't, like, make its budget back or anything like that. But I, I don't see this doing very well. I, I think Morbius will continue as a character in whatever team-up movie they want to do for villains versus Spider-Man. But I don't know if he gets a sequel. I would like to see Morbius, played by Jared Leto, I think you talked about this, appear in the Blade film and bite it you know that'd be nice that would be nice yeah i did see one last thing before we move on i did see a funny clip of an interview where matt smith was asked like if you could do a reunion with uh karen gillen and do another run as doctor who for like a special or something or 
a Morbius sequel with Jerry Leto, which would you pick? And without skipping a beat, he was like, oh, Doctor Who. <laughs> and then, it, like, he answered so quickly, he was like, not to say I wouldn't want to do a sequel with Jared, you know? Like, it'd be a lot of fun. But and then he just went off on how great Doctor Who is. So I yeah. thought that was funny. Yeah, I don't know if, if anyone's really excited. Like, I don't believe anyone who says they're excited about Morbius. I do not believe you. It's It sounds... I don't know. I, there's not much else I can say about it. It sounds awful. I'm not excited. Yeah, so maybe look forward to hearing what I thought of it next week, but no promises. But you know what we you, you will hear us talk about next week? Yeah, what's that? The second episode of Moon Knight, because we're going to talk about the first episode now. Mm, yes, finally. Yeah, so long time coming. I feel like they announced Moon Knight as a project a long time ago, but it's here, episode one. Spoiler-free thoughts, Jack, what did you think of the premiere of Moon Knight? Uh, I liked it a lot. This is a really good first episode. Um, I think it establishes the character very well in terms of what we're dealing with here with uh, Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant. Um, I really like Oscar Isaac. Uh, that's someone I can follow along with with whatever he does, but I think especially in this episode, he does a great job of, like, uh, making his character very interesting, both characters, I suppose, um, more so than the other Disney Plus shows, feels very filmic. Um, and this episode kind of felt like the first 15 to 20 minutes of an origin movie, but they had a full 45 minutes to deal with uh, this character and like how where we find them. And I think that they explore that very well and they use the time very well. I, I like that you said it feels more filmic because I, I did get that very much out the gate um, compared to the other MC Disney plus shows, which up didn't upset me, but put me on like a hesitation a little bit because going into this, I think last week, even or the last time we talked, I did say like, Oh, I really hope it embraces the, the TV structure the way WandaVision does. Cause I think that's a benefit to the TV shows. And we talked about that with daredevil also. So I think the way it's written, they set up an interesting mystery and they provide us some puzzle pieces. Like, like they show us some things without any context, which I think is for a TV release structure. Like they did a good job and that's what they should be doing for a week to week release thing. Uh, despite it very much feeling like what you said, it's the beginning of a movie and we're getting the next part of the movie next week. So I, I think it's a very fine balance, and I don't know if I'm describing it well enough, but I, I feel like that is something that the other MCU projects on Disney Plus that feel like movies didn't necessarily have going for them. Like, I think Loki got close to that, but as much as I enjoyed uh, Falcon, and I did enjoy Hawkeye for the most part, like, it, it didn't really feel like there was some hook that made it feel TVE, you know? And I do think Moon Knight has that because of the way they present the story, the way the narrative is structured, and Oscar Isaac just being a compelling lead uh, based off the premise. So why don't we crack into spoilers? Uh, where do you want to start? It's hard 
because like I don't know if you can really spoil anything with this episode, um, but I don't know. I guess maybe how I, I guess maybe like his personality situation and what he's dealing with. Sure, because the character from my reading has dissociative identity disorder, and the way that's introduced in the show, they haven't overtly stated it or addressed it really, but I think the thing that I loved about this episode, and I'm curious how you feel about it, because I could see this being a divisive point, um, not between us, but just like in online, they present the audience perspective of this world and story through Stephen Grant, like, so strictly that there are events that his other personality, Mark Spector slash Moon Knight, does that we don't see. So presenting a fight scene as the buildup to it and then immediately cutting to what happened because Stephen, uh, the personality blacked out and came to to see what mark had done i absolutely loved that choice and i thought it was structurally and mechanically very representative of what i know the character to be and very fresh and new for the mcu it just felt creative and i really really liked that a lot how do you feel about it yeah that was cool um stephen grant is a venue for the audience in, the, in this episode in particular mm-hmm. so i did i i did like sort of hopping around with him and him having no agency at a lot of points um in a lot of points where he does uh he probably shouldn't be the one behind the wheel mm-hmm. uh quite literally at some points but um yeah i thought that was cool i i, I do think that will change uh going forward Definitely. i think we'll see a lot of mark specter and moon knight take over and there will be some action scenes, but I think for an episode one of the show, I think that was very interesting to see. Um, just to show sort of the chaos of what he's dealing with and for the audience to see that themselves. Um, and like I said, I think Steven is sort of in that situation to be a member of the audience mm-hmm. um, and not really understanding what's happening. Uh, so I thought they conveyed that very well. Yeah, and again it feels just so fresh for marvel because i i feel like the last time there was something like from just a filmmaking level that felt really cool was what wandavision did with like the hey we're committing to the era in literally every way you know like just from a way it's presented i i feel like People talk about the Marvel formula a lot, and I'm sure we'll reach that with this show. But everything since WandaVision has felt like it's Marvel, but it's tackling a different theme or subject. But this feels like they had an idea, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think that's probably where I'm most interested to see where the story goes, is how they deal with his character and who is kind of the main driver of Mark Spector slash, uh, I almost said Grant Gustin, uh, Stephen Grant. Um, Because, like, we're introduced as Stephen Grant being the protagonist, but that might not necessarily be the case. Like, Mark Spector could be kind of the guy that we see more often than not. Um, So that's something I'm intrigued to see, like, how they deal with that. Uh, Like, who, who are we seeing more often? 
by the end of the show. I have to ask you also, because this is another complaint that I've seen a lot of that I, I'm, I'm not on the side of, but people are taken out of the experience because of Oscar Isaac's accent that he puts on. But like, is the point of it, my read on it is that it's like, hey, so Stephen Grant, despite, like you said, being introduced through him, isn't the primary driver most likely because Mark Spector is the one who has all this history. He's the one working with this Egyptian god. And Stephen seems like an obstacle for him to work with because of his DID. So, like, Stephen is the identity that like mark has to deal with so like it's it's just the identity right like mark sounds like oscar isaac so steven's the mask yeah so steven is like like in i'm i don't want to like mince words or anything but like he is doing that as the character with this problem Right. It's not like Oscar Isaac willing. Maybe he just sucks at accents, but like that was my read on it. Right. Like this is just a false identity this person has. Yeah, I I think as soon as you kind of realize from the trailers and even like from the discussion before the show, um, you knew that the accent sounded bad, but you knew at the same time that um, he had like different personalities Mm -hmm. and this seemed like it wasn't quite the one. And you're right, like, at the end, we realize, like, oh, he's an American, presumably. Um, so this is <laughs> this is him trying to, like, unconsciously thinking of himself as a British person, mm-hmm. despite not having that accent. So, like, his brain is sort of trying to uh, cope with that and sort of develop that accent, even though it sounds bad. And it's done purpose- purposefully. It's purposefully bad from, like, the production side of things. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But I have seen a lot of people being like, damn, did he, did he not get a dialect coach? It's like, man, <laughs> that's, I don't think that was the point. But okay. No, I, I think it's very much on purpose. Yeah, cool. Um, what did you think of Ethan Hawke introduced as a villain? I'm so fully expecting, I think there's six episodes, by episode six for him to be a very forgettable villain. Yeah, um, me too. Like, I don't know. It's just another Marvel villain problem. Um, I think he does fine in the role in episode one. I wasn't really, like, captured by him by any means. But, um, yeah, I'm not super enthralled with what's going on with the villain. I think, especially for a lot of origin stories, except for, like, Black Panther, um, the villain is just kind of a, a means to get the character up and off the ground. And I feel like that will probably be consistent with Ethan Hawke's character, who I don't even remember the name of, um, and his his group of friends. But yeah, I wasn't wasn't really taken in by his character. And I expect by the end of the show, I will not remember his name. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I like Ethan Hawke, and I was excited that he was cast as a villain. But as soon as we start like seeing stuff from him with the trailer, I was like, this feels very milk toast kind of like it just seems very by the books like boring like he, he's i don't even probably think probably gonna be the main villain it seems like they're building up this egyptian uh deity that he's 
acting at the behest of is going to be the one that shows up, I think, probably as the big CG monster fight to end the show, right? Yeah, I think it'll be uh, Mark slash Steven in tandem with uh, the Moon Knight God, which I'm forgetting the name of, and uh, Ethan Hawke in tandem with the Egyptian God. I think that's kind of what they're setting up. Yeah, I, I think that's the most likely outcome. And I did see, going into this when Impressions came out, a fair number number of people say Oscar Isaac reminded them of Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock and dealing with Venom mm. in, in this. And I don't think they were true, like fully off base, maybe. Like, I see where somebody could get to that. But, like... How do you feel about it? Because I, 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 I don't know. That's kind of the first thing I thought when he was in. It looked like, I don't know, some part of Bavaria, Germany. I'm not sure exactly where they were. But as soon as he showed up there and he could hear the voice, um, I was like, oh, that's it's kind of like Venom in a way. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's very similar, at least in that episode, uh, where you have someone controlling him without his sort of uh, permission, I suppose and he just kind of has to go along with it that's very similar um i'm interested to see if it's more of a one-to-one in the next few episodes but that's certainly the impression i got uh from that scene alone sure yeah i i think the people who i i saw say that use that as a negative against the show but i don't think that's I don't have a problem, but maybe I'm the the one out of my mind because I like Venom, but like I, I don't think it's a problem. It's way less over the top, at least in this episode. It is. Sure. It's, it honestly, I mentioned twice from My Hero Academia, I think maybe a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of was in line with what I was thinking him to be. Like he sounds a little more, he sounds kind of silly in a way, but not like Tom Hardy over the top Venom silly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not very familiar with the character, obviously, but I'm, I want to see what that looks like, uh, especially next, next episode. I imagine we'll get more of an explainer, like, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, so I want to see how they handle that. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair expectation. And like you said earlier, I don't think the entire thing is going to be the Steven show. Like I, I, I bet we at least get one episode where Steven is probably, maybe like 10, 10% of the episode, you know, cause based off the trend, maybe that's the final episode, uh, because the trend of the Marvel shows is we do have a third act for a season of television, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I could see him sort of fall to the wayside for that maybe. But one thing that I really did not like was that car chase. <laughs> It was distractingly bad at parts. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> like specifically the log portion. Yeah, dude. He had to he was like in the center of like a sideways log truck and had to maneuver. Mm-hmm. And it was really early in the morning when I was watching this and I really thought I dreamed this where <laughs> he like moves like 50 feet to the right in like a blink of a second and it's just the like first person camera perspective. And I was like, that looked very bad. <laughs> that looked like he just floated to the right. Like, there's no earthly possibility that he could maneuver a car that way. Um, let alone the CG just looking atrocious. Uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, like, 
man, it looked really rough. <laughs> like even the cars, they looked out of like a PS3 rendering cutscene. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looked really rough uh, and surprised me. Like it is the worst looking CG I think I've seen in a Marvel thing in a long time. Yeah, it was uh, not good. Yeah, so uh, like I really like the choice they made with not showing the action for Steven. I don't think they can skirt by an entire show doing that nor would they but my hope is that that looked bad because there's more important action sequences later that they dumped the budget into (laughs) right yeah yeah, you would hope so um i'm still very confused about the marvel situation on disney plus like oh we're we have a tv show we don't have the budget for that and it's like i I get you you have more to work with um in like a six-hour show compared to like a three-hour movie uh but I have to imagine like there's less CG in a lot of instances, especially with something like Moon Knight. So it's like, I, I don't know. It's it's weird to me that one of the biggest properties in the world has like budget constraints like this and it, it, it can look as bad as it does. Like that is very distracting. Yeah, like I, I know they haven't used stagecraft like the mando tech on any of the marvel stuff i think the first marvel project that's doing it is guardians 3 Mm -hmm. and to my knowledge they haven't used it for any of the shows but like woof (laughs) like i hope they start using it because uh a good example of it recently was the batman used it for a lot of the gotham um skyline shots when he was on the the construction thing where he met gordon a lot yeah Mm -hmm. and that looked great so like it can work in non-sci-fi Star Wars places, so do it, you know? Yeah, I there are very few instances in The Mandalorian and, like, Book of Boba Fett and things like that where, like, the CG looks bad. I really can't even think of any at the top of my head. But, <laughs> like, so, so I, I think that's definitely a good route to go. And, like, mm-hmm. Disney owns Marvel, Disney owns Star Wars. You would think that that would be more of a common technology used but yeah i guess not until guardians yeah um i i also saw that people say some things about like the the cgi uh mummy dog at the end but like i didn't get a clear good look at it so i i can't have an opinion on if it looked bad or not because they only showed it very briefly but um that ending reveal of moon knight and the use of mark in the mirror I really liked where we left off. I think that was a really good moment to just put a period on the pitch of what this show is, you know, because I think by the end, it's very clear that this was a lot of setup. And by the end, we have an expectation going into next week, what this show is. Yeah, I think in terms of like the end of an episode one, this and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are up there for me because um, we it, it, they both leave off on really great notes of like oh i want to see what happens next mm-hmm. um and the fact that he is now moon knight um and i'm expecting for episode two we will get more of like an explanation of what that means because i really don't even know uh that has me very excited um and to just see him be a little bit more violent i wouldn't say more over the top than we've seen in marvel shows but a little bit more um it was a nice touch. I feel like that marketing note of this is like the darkest MCU project so far 
is probably over the top. I know it's the first episode, but I, I have a hard time believing people saying that mm-hmm. um, until I actually see it. But uh, we got a little bit of that in, at the end of this episode. Yeah, and I, I hope that that quote wasn't about uh, the like rubber toy looking person that was warped by that tree. Because like, yeah, they hung on that shot but it looked funny, <laughs> so, like, it didn't look brutal, right? So I, I do hope that, like you said, it's not going to reach the levels of Daredevil or, and I don't think it should if it's not having a purpose, but curious to see what that Moon Knight brutality looks like moving forward. Yeah. Were there any things that we haven't touched on yet in the episode that stood out to you that you want to talk about, like, how do you feel about the humor maybe because it feels a bit more not like reserved but i i feel like a lot of the humor in it felt a little understated except for a couple lines what do you think yeah i don't think it beats you over the head like marvel uh projects typically do so i appreciated that about this i think overall i just i really liked steven Mm -hmm. a lot i think he's very sweet um and caring like kind of feel bad for him in a way um so I like that aspect about him. And mm-hmm. I honestly, like, I think if you told me at the beginning of the show, like, before I saw it, that he would sort of fade away into the background and Mark would be more of the prominent character, then I'd be like, oh, sweet. Yeah, I don't want to hear that accent. But I think after the end of this episode, it's kind of like, I kind of like Steven in a way. He's kind of grounded as a character. Um, you kind of feel bad for him. You kind of want to root for him. So kind of hope to see more of him stick around, honestly. Yeah, I agree, because I do think that he brings a more human level to the MCU than any other character so far, right? Like, he, like, Steven as a person is just a guy, and there is no MCU character who is in a leading role that is just a person, you know? Not even Peter Parker. So, I, I think that would be able to ground it in a really interesting way that we haven't seen before and I, I can see through the steven angle why some people would have said that like oh it's bringing a level of a character to the mcu for the first time since iron man in terms of getting on the ground level right but even iron man was a billionaire so like steven's just a dude um so having to deal with this uh and maybe not even realize he's dealing with it is I think opening the door to maybe not have to rely on comedy so much. Like he does have that like avatar joke when he's talking. Oh, about yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, like the scene when he's at the, uh, the diner, that was so sad. It was like a little funny the way he like dealt with it to the waiter where he was just like, I want the good part of the steak. But like, that was a sad scene. And like, it wasn't like a, a pun or anything like, really in your face they did to make it feel like less of a punch like it just felt bad seeing that happen to him so yeah i think that scene in particular was was one of the highlights and that's Mm -hmm. what i was saying like it kind of made you want to root for him like none of this was really his fault um and he's kind of just thrust in this situation so you really do kind of feel bad for him and uh and i want to see how they handle that really like I'm, i'm very interested to see how they do handle that. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. It's very unique in terms of characterization for the MCU, so I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. 
Yes. And from what I'm aware of, they did hire like a psychiatrist from UCLA or something as like an expert to reference for the way to represent uh, everything that this character deals with. So I, I think that sets an expectation higher than what it already was to make sure it's like handled respectfully. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how that continues because out the gate, they really did surprise me with the layers of the technique they're using to convey whatever story we got with Steven and Mark and Moon Knight. So, yeah, I will say there's a lot of hyperbole online as there always is with Marvel. I don't know why it's always overly positive with Marvel. Um, Star Wars is like such a mix, but Marvel is always overly positive. Um, and there's definitely a lot of that. Like people were saying, this is like the best 40 minutes in the MCU. No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, just simply not. Uh, but it's really good. And I'm interested to see um, how it goes further. And we got five more episodes. So I think it's a really, seems like a really solid premise. And for six episodes, I feel like they're not really wasting any, any time with that. So that has me excited. Yeah, I, I think it's my second favorite episode one that we've seen so far, personally. Mm-hmm. Want to vision your first? Yes. Nice. And then probably Falcon third, because or actually no Loki third, and then Falcon, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do, what, what, what's your placement? Do you think for episode one of Moon Knight, like amongst the other debuts? Um, I'd have to think about that. Um, sure. Sure, sure. I like WandaVision a lot in terms of I I didn't love episode one, but I do like that really uneasy feeling um, towards the end of the episode. I think um hawkeye is probably my least favorite and then i would say maybe loki at number three and then wandavision and then falcon and the winter soldier and then no i would say moon knight and then falcon and the winter soldier i'm not really sure but that's that's kind of where i'm thinking right now nice yeah well i think regardless it's for the most part i, I haven't read much of the discussion online about this i'm just uh, the the action thing was something I assumed would be a complaint, but um, I didn't see that. I don't okay. think. Okay. Were people talking about that? I don't know, man. I I did see some people say it was boring, and I feel like oh, that okay. is the answer to that complaint. It's like, oh, why? Because they didn't show the fight scene. But yeah, I I think it's off to a promising start, like you said, and I'm looking forward to next week. But until we see it and discuss it, Jack, where can the agents of Excelsior find you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at FascinatedJack. What about you, Christian? You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at ChunTD2. YouTube.com slash JoyClicks is where you can go for the video version of Excelsior alongside a few other videos that go up here and there on the channel, mostly gaming related. Uh, You can check out the show in audio format on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just look up Excelsior, JoyClicks, or Avengers Game Podcast. You will find us rating and reviewing is a very easy way to help the show out. It takes a quick second, and if you can do so, we would very much appreciate it. As well as going to patreon.com slash joyclicks to support the shows at the $1 and $5 tiers. 5 bucks will give you producer credit on every show we produce, like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. So thank you very much. And that is it for this episode of Excelsior. We'll be back next week with more Moon Knight, maybe a roadmap, no promises, and maybe Morbius talk. I hope not. From you, certainly, not from me. Yeah, exactly. Until then, though, Excelsior. Excelsior.